Joshua chapter 4, Joshua chapter 4, in verse 1. We're at a really cool place in the story of Joshua. Joshua is a story about leadership, it's a story about transition, and it's a story about Jesus. We looked in the first week the reality that the word, the name Jesus in the New Testament and Joshua in the Old Testament is actually the same, the same word. It's just pronounced a little differently whenever you go from Hebrew, which was the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and then you go to Greek. So Joshua is a unique picture of the leadership of Jesus in our life and shows us that only when we follow Jesus can we make it to the land of promise in our life. Moses represented the law of God, the Ten Commandments, all these things. Moses represented that. And, but however, Moses never led the people to the promised land. And you know what? You can know all the laws, all the religion, all the things, all the trappings, all the songs, all the scriptures of Christianity. But only whenever you get a relationship with Jesus Christ will you ever be able to make it into the promise that he has for your life. The promised land, the land of strength and victory and promise. So we've been following this, this leadership of Joshua and how God's dealt with him. And last week they crossed over the Jordan. Last week it was awesome. I mean, it was shouting time, everybody. You know, they crossed over on dry ground. I don't know if God like blow dried the sand or what. I don't know how God did it, but it said it was dry and it was an incredible miracle. It was impossible without God. You know, there are some things in our lives that are just impossible without God. But I'm thankful we serve a God of the impossible, right? That there's no impossibility that you may be facing or that I may be facing this morning that's too impossible for our God. So I want you to know that God does impossible things. So they're right at the heels of the miracle. They're, they're right, they've just experienced this miraculous thing of crossing the Jordan. And then we see the most interesting thing happen in chapter 4. Let's read it together. It's on the screen. It's in your notes or if you brought your Bible this morning. It says, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe, a man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly. Isn't that awesome? Right in the middle of the impossibility. He said, where their feet were standing firmly, take the stones from there and bring them over with you. And lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. What an incredible thing that God said to do. I found it so interesting that God essentially told Joshua, before you take another step in your life, I want you to remember what I've done for you. God told Joshua, I want you to take 12 stones out of the middle of the impossibility. And before you go and possess the promised land, before you go and enjoy the milk and the honey and all the things that I have for your people in the future, I don't want you to take a step until you remember what I've done in your life. How many would consider yourself a hurrier? 
You would say, I am a, you're a hurrier, yeah, you kind of have places to go, people to, people to see, you know, you're always going to the next place, yeah. We, my, my wife and I laugh about it because a lot of times we'll be eating somewhere and we're already talking about the next restaurant that we're about to eat at. Has anybody ever been there before, you know? I, we're, I guess it's, we're called foodies, everybody, you know? They were like, you know, this is good. Where, where, can, we eat, where can we eat next, you know? And we're... They're always about the next thing. And you know what? God knows in our lives as well in faith that so many times we don't appreciate what he's done for us in the past because we're so fast to pass over. And I pray that this morning God will kind of put the brakes on this crossover journey. And hopefully God will reignite our memories of what he has done in our past. Because here's the first point that I want to bring out from this story. And here's, here's the deal. With God, education is more important than the destination. Education is more important than the destination. God is much more interested in the journey that you take with Him than the destination of where you're going. We are all about the destination, right? We're all about, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? Okay, God, are we there yet? <laughs> Have we crossed over yet? You know, these 40 years they had been traveling in a circle, and I'm sure they were saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And there are a lot of things in our lives that we wish God would just do something so fast. Or maybe you're, you're hoping and you're praying for a miracle to happen in your life. And maybe it has happened. And, 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 and God says, hey, before you just pass on to the next thing, because there will always be a next thing. Israel was about to pass over into a land filled with battles and filled with miracles. And if you're following Jesus, you're going to have a lifetime of miracle after miracle. And God says, hey, in the middle of it all, I want you to know that my relationship with you is more important than the stuff that you get from me. Many times we fall in love with the gift of God instead of the giver, God himself. God says, no, the destination's not really the point. The journey is the point of what it's all about. Yesterday we were headed to prayer. We have prayer here on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10. And I'm thankful to have the space to pray. And, and I was leaving the house and my four-year-old son, he was sitting there on the bed. I think he was watching something on YouTube, you know, my kids today. And I said, hey, hey son, do you know, do you want to, hey, why don't you go with me to prayer? You know, mom's going to come here in a little bit. Why don't you come with me? And he's like, no, dad, I'm doing something. You know, I'm like, what are you, a teenager? You know, you're like four years old. You're already talking to me like a teenager. And I said, you want to get breakfast? He's like, no, I'll eat breakfast here at the house. I'm like, okay. You want a frappuccino? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> you want a chocolate donut? He's like, well, is, is mom coming? Is mom going to be there? I was like, yeah, mom's coming after a while. You, you prom with, with sprinkles on top, you'll get a chocolate donut? Yeah, we'll get the sprinkles on top. Says, okay, let me find my shoes, you know, so, <laughs> so we get in the car, and the whole way, you know, Dunkin' Donuts is right by our house, you know, glory to God, hallelujah, and <laughs> as you can tell, and uh, so we were, we were driving, and, and, and the whole time, hey, Dad, we can get that donut, right, you know, and then after we got the donut, he said, I, I said, do you want to eat it now, or do you want to eat it at the church, he said, I'll eat it at the church, he said, we still have to get my Frappuccino. I was like, you better hold off now. <laughs> Trying to work the system. <laughs> like, you get a donut, you're not getting a frappuccino, you know. He's like, I'm just cheesing, Dad. You know what? I came in here and I started praying. And uh, I really felt like just God used that little thing that happened with me and my son yesterday to remind me. God said, hey, are you following me for the donut? Like, 
There's a lot of crossover things where like, God, if you'll do this, if you'll do this for me, then I'll go with you. And if you'll do this for me, then I'll go with you. And if we don't watch it, we'll spend a lifetime of just wanting the things of God instead of saying, okay, God, I'll just ride with you. I want to be with you. Because you know what? I didn't care if it was a donut, a frappuccino, a sausage biscuit from McDonald's. I just wanted my son to be with me. I knew I was going to have about 30 minutes before anybody got here. And I just wanted to sit and just be with him. You know what? And do you know that's exactly what God wants to do in your life? God just wants to be with you. All the miracles that he does and that he has done, they are wonderful. But I want you to know, even the greatest healing you'll ever experience on this side of heaven will be temporary because if Jesus tarries his return, we're all going to die someday. But God says, all of the things that I've done for you in your life, I want you to get an education that simply this, I just want to be with you. I just want to walk with you. I just want to talk with you. I just want you to be there and, and ride with me. And, and that's what I want. God wants us to have a relationship with Him. The, the second thing that I want to, uh, to simply talk about is simply this. Not only is the education more important than the destination, is that simply this, that time and trials erode miracle memories. Time and trials erode miracle memories in our lives. It's unbelievable how fast we can forget miracles. I think it's, in the human brain, we have just an almost just unlimited propensity to just forget what God does in our life. God says, I know this, and I want to make sure that you don't go so fast over what I've done, but you remember the miracle of what I've done in your life. Just the other day, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was in the facing, he's, he is facing a transition in his life, and his job, and his work, and Seems like in the matter of just a few minutes, he told me probably three or four times, you know what, it's just going to be so hard finding another job. It's just going to be so hard finding another job. It's going to be so hard finding another job. And I'm listening to this, and I said, well, how do you know that? Well, you know, what's, he said, well, you know, it's just hard to find a job. These, you know, all this. And I just, I've, I've known this person for years and years and years, and I said, I, I had known some miracles that God did in this person's past. And they had in the past, had some incredible jobs that they really were not qualified for at all. And they were in places where, you know, if you were to look statistically, they're in towns where you don't really make money, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I, I told them, I said, what about that one time, you know, when you got that job and then, you know, and, and so, and then I was like, well, and what about that other time whenever, you know, and I'm, I'm telling him and he's like, yeah, you're right about, yeah, 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 you know. And then I got a text later that day that says, hey, thanks for reminding me of what God has done in my life. I just want to remind somebody, God has done some great things in your life. What has God done? God says, right from the middle of the impossibility, I want you to take something and take it with you. From the darkest moment in your life, I want to ask somebody a question. Where was your drowning place supposed to be? Where was the spot where Satan knew he had you? Where was that moment where it was all over, but the, the three count, it was one, two, and then boom, in just a moment, God broke through in the darkness of the night, and the waters begin to part, and you begin to walk on dry ground, and you say, you know what, I shouldn't have made it, but I did. You know what, I shouldn't have be, I shouldn't be here. To, I don't know, am I talking to anybody here this morning, you shouldn't be here? Like, you should have died in that sickness. You, you, that relational situation should have taken you so far from God, but you're here, and you're still worshiping God, and you're still serving, and you're still a part. Yeah, it's been hard, but God's been with you every step of the way. God says, I want you to remember your drowning spot. 
And I want you to turn that into a place of remembrance and a place of praise. Don't forget what I've done for you. Don't stop with time. And, and, and don't stop just and let time and trials make you forget what God has done in your life. Here's number three. That faith for today is found in remembering God's faithfulness yesterday. So your faith for today, like what you need in this moment is oftentimes found in the moments from the past. That in the trial, you probably don't have much faith. You ever know someone in your life that they're like a person of great faith, and then they are going through something, and they're just thinking the sky's falling? You're like, oh my goodness, what in the world? I thought you were a person of great faith. What is it? We just have so much trouble seeing the miracles in, in our own lives. We forget it so fast. And the miracle, the, the faith that we need for today is oftentimes found in what God's done in the past. That if he's done it once, he'll do it again. That if he's ever been a healer, he's still a healer. If he's ever been a way maker, he's still a way maker. If he ever brought peace into the middle of a storm, he's still the peace giver. He's still the one who can do that. And he doesn't always do it like we think. And I don't understand why every person that gets prayed for doesn't get... I don't understand all those things. And I've, I've chose to put all that in the category that simply say this. God, you're much bigger than me and I trust you. But nonetheless, you're still a healer. Nevertheless, you're still a way maker. The scripture says that we are supposed to come boldly before the throne of grace so that we could obtain mercy. So many times I say this, God, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what to do. But I come boldly today with confidence, not because I'm trying to be somebody, but, but you told me to come and with boldness and confidence. My grandmother, I, I, I cannot say enough wonderful things about my heritage, both sides of my family, both sets of my grandparents. They're all still with us. They're all still alive. And they're, they're all, they're just incredible, incredible people of the Lord. They, they have a wonderful, wonderful heritage. I'm going to share a little bit of that in just a little bit. But I got my, I called my grandparents a couple days ago and I was, I was asking my grandma, I said, I got telling her what I was preaching about and she loved it. They actually came here and visited two weeks ago at the church and they've been a part of starting a couple churches, but they weren't they weren't like City Hills, you know, they didn't have lights and they're probably way, this is probably way too loud, you know, and, and they're sitting right back, right back there, you know, and, and they're, you know, just all dressed up and ready to go, you know, and, and I look there and it's so funny. Um, I'm thinking, oh God, my grandparents are going to think I'm going straight to hell, you know. <laughs> They've come, you know, and they prayed for us. They're going to think, these, oh my goodness, look what Brandon's gotten into, you know, what's he doing? There's lights. It feels like a rock concert up in here, you know. And, uh, but that's not what happened. What is crazy, what happened is uh, my grandpa, he's real soft-spoken, and he came up to me and with tears running down his eyes. He cries real easy, and he says, Brandon, he said, I love what I feel in this place. He said, look around at all the young people. He said, I feel the Holy Spirit here. He said, I really feel like God's doing something great. And I talked to him earlier this week, and he said, well, we've been trying to figure out a way. They have all these rental houses. They said, we've been trying to way, figure out a way to sell all these rental houses off and move to Knoxville so we can help you build that church, you know. And, uh, and, and that's the kind of grandparents I have. I mean, they're just incredible. And I got to tell my grandma about this message, and she said, Brandon, you are so right. She said, my, I, my feet have been bothering me really bad lately, and my, my, my grandma said, you know, my feet have been bothering me, and, um, and, and I've just been really discouraged by it. She said, and the Lord reminded me about something he did in my dad. My grandmother is one of 19 brothers and sisters, same mom and dad. They believed in the scripture. It said, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> they did that, I mean, to the T. And, uh, and uh, 
he, she said after her mom had passed away, all she had left was her dad. And he had fit foot problems. They said, we're going to have to amputate your feet. And she said, me and my sisters, he said, we bound together and we sought the Lord. We said, God, we're, I, I pray that you would heal my dad's feet. People would say, well, everybody has to die some way. And grandma would just had such a, such a, just a passion in her heart. She said, yeah, but, Papa, but my dad doesn't have to die this way. And, and God's able. And she stood on that promise. And she said, we bound together in faith. And he went back to the hospital. And, and all the gangrene was gone. And said, God healed his feet that day. She said, and he died many years later and had nothing to do with his feet. He still had both of his feet. Yeah. And she said, she said, the Lord reminded me of that. She said, so I went into our church. She said, I took some olive oil from the house. And she said, I found somebody. And I said, would you pray for my feet? She said, because I believe the same God that touched my dad's feet is the same God that can touch my feet. And she went there and had somebody pray for her. What is that? You need to find some miracles that God's done in your past. You say, I don't have a family like that. That's okay. you got a book full of family that are just like that in the Scripture. That every promise in the book is yours. Everything God says He'll do, it's not just for other people. It's for you and it's for me. And you can take those promises and you can live in those promises because God is a faithful God. I want to read on in verse number, verse number 9. It says, in Joshua... It says in verse 8, in verse 8, we'll go there together. It says, And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Here's what I love about this. That they took the stones out of the, out of the river and they put them in their homes. They brought them and they put them where they lodged or where they were, around their friends, around their family. And here's, here's the next thing I want to tell you this morning is you need to bring the souvenirs home. <laughs> like from the trips that God has taken you on. If you come over to my house, you're going to get to see souvenirs from a trip that I took to Africa. There's going to be a book on my coffee table that's from South Africa that was given to me some, from some people that I preached to there. And You're going to see pictures of our kids. You're going to see pictures of when we got married. You're going to see pictures of cruises that we've been on. You're going to see souvenirs along the way of trips that we have been on as a family. And God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to remember all the things that I've done, and then I want you to come back. I want you to bring them right into the middle of your home and then I want you to share that with your family. Do you know that the miracle in your life is not just for you? What are we memorializing in our homes? What is the focus of our houses? If you had to ask your kids or your friends or your family, said, what is my life? What do I memorialize? What am I focused on? God says, make sure that you're focused on me and what I've done in your life. Set up things in your world that make your kids and make your friends and family say, hey, what's that all about? God says, don't go so, past, go so fast that you forget the miracle of what I've done. Brag on my grandparents and Kara's grandparents. Kara's grandpa, she, uh, Kara's grandpa, he just passed away a couple months ago. and they were, He was in ministry over 60 years and they wrote a book about his life. And I was been reading it this week. It's been really encouraging to me. And, but what he wrote, he wrote a note in here on January 26, 2012. And it says, to Hudson Shanks, which is my son. He says, may your heart hear about the great God and pick up your cross and follow Jesus for always. Your grandpa, Milburn, Wilbur Milburn. He signed it there. But the thing that was so interesting to me, he didn't just write that to me and Kara, his grandkids. He wrote that to his great-grandkids. What it would look like if we lived the kind of life that we're not just passing. Faith is not just about me. 
It's not even just about my kids. It's not even just my kids' kids. It's about generational blessings. I carried my, I carried my other grandpa's Bible up here today. And, I, and I, I looked at He gave it to me when I first started preaching. God had called him to preach year, years ago. And he said, let me give you my first Bible that I used to preach from. And this Bible sits, on, sits at my house. And there's not a page on it that's not written on. It's, it looks like it's going to just be falling apart. You know? and, he, and, 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 and what are we passing on? That's the question. What are we giving? What is our lives being defined by in the future? Are people able to see? And are we able to pass some things on that I want to tell you this Bible is worth more to me than a million dollars because in this Bible in this word there's been a lot of days of of discouragement I don't know what to do I'll take this Bible down I'll say God you're the God of my grandfather you've been faithful from generation to generation I know you're going to be faithful for me bring the souvenirs home I want to read on verse 9 it says and Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the covenant stood And they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priests passed over before the people. The sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over armed for war, passed over before the ark of the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, I found this so cool, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. I didn't put this in your notes, but as I was just studying this, I said, it's so interesting. So much of the book of Joshua is about leadership and recognizing the leaders that God raises up. And one of the things that's so interesting is that God gives them a right attitude toward the leaders in their life. And I just wanted to pause and say this, that we're a, a, such a new church. And, and here's the thing, that God's going to raise up so many leaders. And I think a lot of those leaders are in this room right now. And we need to be a place, a church of honor so that whenever God raises up leaders, we can say, you know what? We're going to have the right attitude. You know, there's, here's the wrong attitude. You can, you can think so highly. You can put things so high that you, you, you begin to have trouble distinguishing between God and people. And that's very dangerous. That's a wrong attitude. But another wrong attitude is you want to treat everybody so low and you're going to be so disrespectful and you're never going to speak with kindness and honor. This house, let this be a place of honor. When God raises up leaders and raises up people that he's called to do, we say, yeah, we recognize what God is doing in your life and we're going to bless them. You know what? You see these young people rising up and, and taking leadership positions. Man, give them a hug. Brag on them a little bit. Somebody gets up here and does the welcome or does the news or whatever they do. Why don't we be a place of honor and just love on them and bless them? That's what the people did. They have such a right attitude. Verse 15, read, you can read with me. It says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. Seems like this story just continues to go on. But God's trying to be so clear about this passing moment with his people. He said, So Joshua commanded the priest, Come up out of the Jordan. And when the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. Verse 19. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal. We're going to talk about that next week. Very powerful. Gilgal means rolling away. It's such an incredible truth from the scripture we're going to talk about next week. It says, In those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up 
at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Watch the response of what they are supposed to say. You shall tell your children, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Here's the, here's, I want to give you two more truths and we'll be done today. Musicians, you could come. Here's the, here's the number five. God's telling them, watch whenever he says to them, he's saying, Whenever you look at the stones, whenever you memorialize this, he says, I want you to manage your memory. Manage your memory. I want to ask you a question this morning. What are you memorializing in your life? They had a lot of pain, a lot of toil, a lot of problems in their world. Forty years, actually, of it, right? But God said, whenever your kids ask you what the stones are about, he said, don't tell them about the pain. Don't tell them about the problems. Tell them about the miracle. And you know what? In your mind, if you're going to be victorious in your walk with God, you're going to have to manage your own memory. Because too many times, all we remember is the pain of the past. Maybe you're going through some things right now and you've been facing some big problems in your past and it's just there all the time and bitterness and anger. One of the best things you could do is forgive that person. Let it go. And allow God to manage that memory and say, you know what? What does this crossing mean? You know what? Yeah, there was some pain there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, God, there's more joy than there was pain. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you help me to forget the pain. I didn't put this in your notes, but Genesis 41 is Joseph's life. It's so good. Joseph had lived a huge, had tons of pain in his life. Had some huge problems. His brother sold him into, brother sold him into slavery. Then after his story was over and God had reconciled it all, he had two sons. If you're taking extra notes this morning, Genesis chapter 41, verse 51, it says he named his firstborn son Manasseh. It says, for God has made me to forget all my hardship of my father's house. Somebody needs to have a Manasseh here this morning. Where you allow God to wash over you and help, help you to forget some things. Because watch what happens next. Verse 52. He named the name of his second son Ephraim. Which means God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. We all want to be fruitful. But before we can be fruitful, we have to allow God to help us to forget some things. We have to give some things to him and say, God, that's going to be for you. My shoulders aren't big enough to carry it. I've put it in your hands. Now make me fruitful. And here's the sixth thing is share your story. Share your story. Your miracle's not about you. Faith was never meant for, you, for it to be kept private. There needs to be some public memorials that you can share with the world around you of what God has done. One of the things I love so much about City Hills is every week we tell the stories of what God's done in people's lives. We don't script those. We just simply sit down and say, okay, just tell about what God's doing or has done in you. You know, maybe God's calling you to share your story on, our city, on the City Hills mobile app, on our kiosk there in the lobby, or on our website down at the bottom. There's just 
these little links that just say, share your story. This is my story. We would love to share the story of what God's done in your life. Some of you need to tell what God has done. And then some of you need to go public with, your, with what Jesus has done in your life. I want to show you a memorial of what God has done that, that may, a lot of you may have seen just a couple weeks ago. I have a picture of it right here. This is my friend Marcus right here on the front row being water baptized just a few weeks ago. And I don't want to embarrass him, but he's not embarrassed. I'll say that. He's not embarrassed, obviously. I wish you could see the whole thing because Marcus came out of the water and he's like, yeah, you know. And you know what? I watched that video and I sit there in the back. I watched it on my laptop and just bawled my eyes out. What is that? It's a memorial. Marcus is showing the world. I'm not ashamed of this. Like I'm all in. Jesus has changed my life and I'm not ashamed to show the world. And you know what? There's some of you, you need to make that memorial and you need to be water baptized. You need to say, yeah, you know what? I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid. Look what God has done in me. I'm setting up some 12 stones and I'm going to show the world that I belong to Jesus Christ. But you have a story. You have a stone. Up here up front, I have just a couple buckets of stones. And as we close out in prayer and we sing with this one last song, I want to, I want to invite you to come down. If God has ever done anything in your life, I want you to think about that one thing. Get one thing that He's done. I want, as we worship, and I don't want you to come until you got it. But when you get that one thing in your mind, what God's done, what He brought you through, what He healed you of, what, he, what, what your drowning place should have been, but then He brought you out. I want you to walk down and I want you to take this stone. Let it be a representation to you. And I want you to take it home. Maybe you need to write that miracle on it. Set it on your desk at work or set it on your mantle at, at your house. I want to challenge somebody. Let's mark the trail of what God's done in our lives. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, thank you so much for your word. It's incredible how thousands of years have went by, but your word is just still so true and so real. Help us to be obedient to it. Let us not just run out of this place today. So another Sunday. No, we're, we're remembering today. Lord, we just want to take some time and remember what you've done in our lives. Jesus name if you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus Christ I want to pray with you because this may be your crossover day if that's you I'm not going to ask you to come to the front I just want you in your, in your heart right where you are I'm going to lead you in a prayer and if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ would you pray with me in this place just simply say Lord Jesus I need you give my life to you today forgive me of my sin I want a brand new life in you Jesus I'll follow you Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name.